You're listening to Kurakas, a podcast for artists and creators to get advice on the business of the arts from renowned Zimbabwean experts in their respective fields. Funded through the Scripts and Bars project by K Media Africa, supported by the British Council in partnership with Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation, SDC. Hosted by the Kura Agency team. In this episode, we talk to Plot Marco. Plot is an arts journalist based in Germany who has disrupted the Zim creative space through Chibelika Dance Trust and Eargrout. We got him on how to talk on how to get the most out of interviews and press coverage. We talked about his experience building Eargrout, the effects it's had on the industry, and the common mistakes artists have been making when engaging with journalists. It got into a very interesting conversation. Let's get into it. Here's Plot Marco. Well, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity. So my name is Plot Marco. Uh, born in Shamba, grew up between Shamba and Glenview. Uh, and my life revolves around the media, uh, the creative uh, and cultural industries, as well as um, uh, yeah, youth culture, working with young people with youth and, and, and yeah, social entrepreneurship. So I founded Jibilika uh, Dance Trust some 16 years ago as an organization uh, that ran initiatives that uh, used different elements of popular youth culture for empowerment, engagement and development of young people. And we ran a festival, Ayo Jibilika Festival is a festival of youth culture, but it mutated from just being a dance festival. And I am trained as a journalist. That was my training. But over the years, I then worked in the marketing uh, industry as a graphic designer. And I founded uh, the Zim Dancer Summit, the Zim Hip Hop Summit. And I did these conferences for two years. Uh, separately and as a way of trying to create a space for convergence of ideas and allow artists to engage and get some professional help from industry leaders. And um, three and a half years ago, I started a media, a digital media platform called Earground. Um, I've been living in Germany for the past six years. So I thought of creating something that would still connect to what's happening back home and give people uh, the creative and the cultural story. So Eground is basically a platform that speaks to um, people uh, about the creative arts and tells the narrative, the cultural and the creative narrative, but also does a bit of advocacy uh, for the rights and knowledge of artists, you know. Um, I'm, running several initiatives, apart from those that I've mentioned. I run Skate Zimbabwe, which I co-founded some five years ago. I'm also the co-founder of Mafu International Festival of Dance, which is Zimbabwe's first uh, international standalone contemporary dance festival. And I'm involved with Cultural Connections Africa, which is a network of industry and cultural leaders within the continent 
that are working to professionalize uh, performing arts mainly within the music and the touring circuit. And there is a new initiative that I'm also part of, uh, which is going to be launched soon, but it's called CXP. Yeah, that's all I can say for now. Yeah, so pretty much that's my background. You've you've been through a lot. Indeed. <laughs> 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 so just to dive a little bit deeper into Earground and the work that it's been doing, um, tell us about the artists and basically the arts that Earground has been covering and how that journey of working on Earground has been like. It's been a roller coaster because we started this platform just a year before, like slightly a year before COVID hit. Uh, and we're trying to create an alternative digital platform that will give access to a lot of young people that we felt were not getting space within the conventional media space in Zimbabwe. Uh, your mortar and brick, you know, media, uh, which I pretty much even up to now believe has been stuck to the old narrative and failed to really evolve and afford uh, a lot of the diverse voices across the country, an opportunity to be heard. These are voices from music, dance, theater, and so forth. So seeing a lot of that talent, amazing talent, I thought, let's create uh, this platform and allow it to amplify those voices, give space to people that would never been able to get a chance to be heard uh, on the media. Uh, so uh, we have over the past three years, spoken to at least a minimum of 500 artists across the board. We have uh, done interviews with, with so many of those artists. We have written at least a thousand articles online on our blog, 80% uh, of which that I've personally written. And um, we have documented a lot of stories, a lot of narratives. And what we have come across is a very interesting discovery from just the kind of talent that we've seen. But uh, our journey has been fueled by a story of change, being able to actually identify unknown voices and propel them to give them the spotlight, spotlight that has made them national stars. And I could give for uh, instance, artists such as uh, Obit Chari, who had released a song uh, eight months before we came across the song on YouTube, and we put it on the spotlight, and that song, um, within a month, it had become the number one song on radio. This artist was now getting bold, and 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 and, and, and it changed his career, his fortunes, you know, and. Um, then, you know, people thought, ah, it was maybe a, 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 just a, a matter of luck, but we put in work again and we came across, uh, discovered an artist called Mambo Duterere, whom was based in Botswana. And we managed to put in a lot of PR, a lot of visibility around what he was doing, which was a bit new and fresh. And within uh, three months, he became a national sensation, you know, he became a success story, you know, and, 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 and most recently we came across a young boy from Victoria Falls by the name Andrea, the vocalist, and we put a spotlight onto his name, managed to even locate him. And uh, today 
the boy has been getting some good opportunities and has worked with South African artists and is on the way to work with some of the biggest producers uh, on the continent. So for us, success stories like those are the ones that have kept us going, that have made our story more believable to say we can actually do this. We've also um, spoken about artistic rights and um, at one time brought to the attention uh, a, 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 a serious issue around one contract for artists that are signing up to Night TV, you know, and, and, and this issue brought it to light and it became a national conversation amongst the creatives. It helped artists redeem uh, their copyrights and Night TV managed to address that issue uh, effectively. So for us, we've had some of those bits and pieces of success stories. So our work revolves around just talking to other artists, enlightening them, but also doing a bit of advocacy in the process. Okay. Um, I understand the amount of success and how much you've been showcasing artists' work. And I think the one thing that I want to attribute it to is because you've built such a huge community, such a huge following. I mean, on Facebook alone, you've got 89,000 page likes. So my question is, um, we see the results, right? But how did you grow that community to become so big? Like, what are some of the things that you attribute to having such a successful platform? Because now you're using that platform to advocate and to shed light and to showcase artists. But how did you make it so big in the first place? Uh, thanks a lot. So yeah, we're sitting at 85,000 likes and uh, 165,000 followers, right? And a reach of uh, 4.4 million monthly, you know, and the engagement of 2.2 million monthly. Um, and for us to be able to create that sort of reach and impact, I think I attributed to um, creating authentic stories stories that are not driven on what's sensational, what's trending, but to be able to look for uh, that voice in Kwekwe that possibly no one is interested in hearing from, but telling their story and being able to validate and verify our story, uh, that everything that we give out there, we, 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 we try to find, um, to, 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 to to validate the information before publishing. So we don't publish falsehoods. We make sure that every information that we're publishing is at most in the positive light for artists. Um, so we try not to publish negative content. We do create conversations. So conversations have helped in terms of engagement. People want engagement. They want to find a platform where they can hear information, but they can also be responded to. So we make an effort to respond to people, to engage, to create conversations, and also even highlight some of the comments that people are making that are, are of, of interest to create further conversation. So conversation and engagement has been one, but also uh, creating unique content. So uh, if you check across the mainstream platforms, you can see basically the same narrative in a single day. You can see the same voices every day, right? But for ear ground, we even dig and talk about stuff from even the past that people have not known or have not heard about that feeds into the future narrative 
we're looking at what's the government policy, what's happening within the creative community, what are the institutions that are working within creative arts doing, uh, what initiatives are happening, what achievements are happening out there, who is doing what. We have traveled around to even speak to artists. Uh, last month, we, we were speaking to Mokomba during one of their tours to just get an insight into what really happens when these bands are touring, when they are raising the Zimbabwean flag. So availing that kind of information to artists, information that excites and encourages and motivates artists and creators has helped get the kind of uh, support from the creative community, but also the respect from the consumers that know that a lot of the content that we are publishing they would not find it elsewhere. They could, but possibly not with the same depth or research that we try to put into. Well, now that we have like that kind of background and basis about your work and um, ear ground, what, what I'd like to ask you to do now is like break down for us what the media and PR is and why that's so important for an artist right now so get to like explain to us what public relations is and the types of media outlets that are available to artists and and basically why those things are so important to artists oh great so um PR, public relations, uh, is a very important tool. I mean, it's, it's part of your communication as an artist. And it's something that as a creative or a cultural institution, you have to heavily invest in continuously. And it's not one thing that you do once off and then you're done. People constantly need information from you. You need to continuously engage and be able to give them that information. But, um, you know, there are tools, there are things that... Uh, artists need to actually have for them to run these things. So you'd find creating professional accounts, platforms, be it your email address, uh, your website, your uh, social media platforms to just create these accounts and make them uniform so that people do not struggle. And then when you create these platforms, they allow anyone who actually trying to connect with you, find you. So and, 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 and one of the most important things is also to be able to describe yourself and describe what you do. So you need to get like a professional EPK, electronic press kit, you know, uh, that gives information to uh, consumers of your product or people that may be interested in working with you or getting your work to find all this information. So your EPK will include information such as your background, who you are, what you do, what have you done before, what have you achieved before, accolades um, and, and, and references to your works. Uh, so links to some of the works that you have done, your music, anything, beat film. And then uh, you would need to include in that EPK some pictures that people can use for publicity. So you need to you know, invest in photo shoots. If you cannot, you just need to get some good pictures that you can include in your EPK uh, and, 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 and links to some articles that have been published about you. So this then comes down to uh, getting yourself uh, captured by different media agencies so that they actually document and tell your story. So if you to look at, um, uh, say my work, I've built everything that I've done 
in my entire career through media. If I've got a new project and I'm said that I'm going to do this project, the way that I would protect my ideas was to publish them, make them known, you know, talk about it. And then when it's out there, no one can actually steal that idea because they see you've actually made it known, right? And if you've got a project that you're working on, make it known. And when you make it known, it puts also a bit of pressure on you to say, hey, I have to fulfill this. And when you do that, you capture everything. So if you want to look at the story of Ghibli, if you go online, you see that story, it's well documented. There are stories from more than 30 different news agencies and organizations. And uh, there are videos that are they captured by us, but captured by other people. So you need to uh, build like your PR, you know, database, you know, your content, people that uh, things that people can easily find and access at any given time. And you need to be very active on the social media. As an artist, you cannot afford to post once in a while. You cannot have, don't overdo it, but do it in a way that people will be able to see that you're active, you're not dormant. And the more the engagement, the more you put out content, interesting content, the more people start to follow you, the more you grow even that following. And it's best when it's organic. Yes, uh, other people prefer sponsored and so forth, but when it's organic and then it works. And then you need to also professionally manage that communication. If you cannot do it, get someone who is a professional to do it for you, but at times it's best to actually learn some of these things. Uh, what, what, what are the basics in terms of having good communication? Because this communication that you do with uh, your fans, communication that you do with uh, your promoters or uh, even organizations and institutions that just want to work with you. And, and, and also um, you'd find if you have your uh, content online well managed by you, it's good when you engage somebody else to do, but at times telling your own story allows you to tell your story in the best way that you want people to consume it. So you don't get a feeling like, oh, okay, now uh, it, it has been told differently. So Eagron started off as me telling my story from what I was seeing, the art that I was appreciating from just what I was seeing, what I was envisioning, what I preferred. So it was more of like me personally putting out my preferred playlist, my preferred artists, my preferred uh, artworks and so forth until it got a point where then it became an institution, an institution that now has a team, that now has more storytellers, that now has even a bigger story to tell. Okay, so let's say I'm an artist, right? And I've just dropped, I've just released my latest track. What's, what's my process for getting this information out to the media and making sure that it's, goes as far and wide as possible for people to know about this so walk me through the steps as as an artist how i can get this information in this track to the media and pr to get it to move okay so basically what we're asking for is like can you give us a short template of what would be your rollout plan so i think my rollout plan when i'm uh I've, I've produced my music. I think before I even produce it, I think I have to create uh, a lot of interest prior. You know, people love to know and see the creative process also. So to document that creative process, right? And, 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 and make people uh, excited. Even my 10 fans, 
they have to start getting excited that, oh, there's something that's actually coming through. And if they get to be part of that creative process, they get to also own the product. They've, they feel like they've been part of this journey. So I would start off from the moment that I know I'm going to work on this particular board of work or this particular single to start uh, curating my content that way. You know, give people a glimpse, even a picture I'm in the studio, even like I'm writing some song, they see a small clip, I'm trying to rehearse, I'm trying to whatever, right? Um, and now because we now have TikTok, we now we have Instagram, we now we have all of these things, we can actually tell these stories through that they actually have created stories for us. So you can tell that story and people can be engaged. And when people see the process and they see the final product, they get to appreciate even the product more. It's like when you see somebody cooking and when you see food already cooked, when, when, when it's already cooked at times, you don't appreciate that there's been a process to actually get uh, this rice. There's been a process to get this, what has been. But if people see, oh, there was actually a delivery man coming with the rice. Oh, there was somebody else milking the milk. Oh, there was somebody else who was doing this and that. There was somebody else who was going to fetch this and that. It makes you appreciate the whole process even far more. So uh, one, the pre-process. Two, being clear about your release process, when you want to release, how you want to release, and who's your target market. So understanding that kind of target market helps you also decide which platforms are you going to use, which methods are you going to use to access uh, your audience. So if I'm making Sungura music, and I know Sungura music is predominantly played on National FM, uh, on Star FM and on uh, Radio Zimbabwe. I would know that, okay, my audience forms ABC demographics in terms of age group, in terms of also where are these people located, or possibly they're not uh, so many, or maybe uh, more internet savvy people, or maybe they're, they're not spending much time on internet, I mean, say, you know, to be correct there, right? So I would then look at what are the traditional ways of actually getting to, to them. How do I get this music right to them? Uh, but if it's the younger generation, you know, you're I'm a 2K, then you'd know, okay, you're packaging your content. It has to pass through platforms where young people actually spend much time on. And um, uh, the release strategy has to be unique. Uh, you can think of also uh, some of the artists do gimmicks, but gimmicks, can be tricky if you do gimmicks that are not well thought, they can actually backfire and affect you, especially in the next releases. So I would not advise artists to really go for gimmicks. I would say, just think of a well thought out strategy that allows you to connect, look at who are those people that are actually getting music out. Uh, from your DJs, uh, newspapers, uh, online, bloggers, um, influencers, there are people that even when they talk about your song, people get interested and want to listen to it, right? And there are people that are online that just create uh, conversations about music. Try to get to them. So look out who are those people that you need in your corner to get your product out. And when your product is out, who do you get to be part of a listening session? So create a listening session and listening sessions can be in different forms. They can be physical, they can be virtual. And when physical, you don't necessarily need to create a five-star event. At times you can even invite people to your studio or to somewhere, your lounge or wherever you are and say, hey, you know what? I've got this song album that I want to release. I want you to listen to it. 
right? What do you think about it? I've got 15 songs and I want to pick eight for my album. And then they help you, they tell you, they become your first ear, right? And look for people that are not necessarily agreeing with you and saying, hey, you're good, you're good. Look for people that are even prepared to tell you, hey, maybe you need to fix this before you release. People that will be honest, people that have a bit of depth and understanding in terms of music, right? And uh, create original content. Authentic content is the best seller. It sells good authentic content. It does even its own PR than anything else. One of the biggest songs from last year was called Jata Jata, coming from Binga. Uh, two languages, you know, Shona and, and, and Tonga, and an unknown artist who managed to create it nationally. But because the song was good, it's like a river. It just finds its flow. People will gravitate towards it. So getting EPK uh, also updated specifically for the release of the song is important. You need to get the electronic press kit that carries pictures for this particular release, that carries a links for this particular release and, 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 and a write-up so that when people are interpreting the song, you also give them what you also think about that particular release or uh, project as an artist. But have people that will be able to pre-listen. People are excited to run exclusives, especially the media. If you just drop and you hope the media is going to find it on your way page, uh, you can as well forget. You can be lighting a beautiful candle, but people may be missing it. So if I get an exclusive release from an artist, uh, Natty O comes to me and say, hey, listen to this album. I'll get excited to talk about it because I heard it first before anyone else does. So for example, with the mustard seed, I had the mustard seed uh, four months before it dropped, you know. So I had already a glimpse in my mind. I was really excited about it. And before it dropped, I was already in overdrive about this album, right? So preparing that and the release, the PR does not end when you drop something, which is a problem with a lot of artists. They release something nice, beautiful. They talk about it before and when it drops and then they go quiet. They think, oh, now people are like, no, it has to be continuous talk about it, look for envoys. When you go, go for radio interviews, you don't get charged. Go for TV interviews, you don't get charged. Now we've got more TV stations in Zimbabwe, different audiences. Go there, talk to them about your project. Reach out, even if somebody says, hey, no, I'm not interested. Talk to them nicely. And when you reach out to people, your PR, your communication is what matters the most. If you just send a link, if you spam people, especially people within the media, they'll get irritated. Talk to them and say, you know what, I've got my album. I want to release it on Soros and Date. And I don't know if it's fine, but I wanted you to get a chance to listen to it first. And uh, if you get a chance, give me your opinion. But I want uh, to the help with the publicity. If you talk to people nicely, people will be excited to actually work with you and support you. But if you think you're the most important artist and you can just drop stuff and give people and then uh, you, you have no... Uh, need to, 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 to have some courtesy and even uh, to thank people. Thank people, thank your friends, thank anyone who supported you. Even if it's 10 people, make those people feel like they're important. It will make another person say, oh, I, I, this person appreciates us. And even at times when you get a reaction from someone, you see someone is reacting on your song and posting someone. Even if you put like one comment, it will make people feel like, oh, wow, what? Freeman has responded to my song. Oh, Sandra Debele is actually like me. It will make the next thousand fans think they will stand a chance to actually get a response from the artist. And if you have got somebody who's managing your social media platforms, 
let them understand your language and the way you speak and the way you want to communicate and let them speak that language. I remember when I was managing Mambo Duterte's uh, social media accounts for the first three months, right, after he blew up. And I, I tried to follow the traits in terms of how he was communicating to people before. And that's what I used, you know, and I was, and, and, and when he took over, people could not tell the difference that, oh, now it's, 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 there's a different person now who's communicating. Now, even if somebody else is communicating, people cannot tell the difference because people want authentic stories. If you are this person and was making Sungura music and then we see you're communicating in some language that can be very difficult or it's more uh, hip hop like or Zim dance or like people like, I know it's not even the artist that we're talking to. People don't want to feel like they're talking to a robot. They want to feel like they're talking to the artists that they love and they appreciate and that artist is able to speak back to them. Maybe not all of them, but if two out of a hundred get a response, you've done your PR. Um, you've definitely given me a lot to think about and also you've preempted um, most of my questions. So thanks. <laughs> um, I've been watching Combi Station and I remember when your advert came out and you were looking for artists to interview in Bulawayo and I was sharing it with the creatives that I knew in the circles that I was in. Pleasure. And basically what I want to now understand is from a media point of view as a media platform, what are some of the tips and tricks that you want to make sure that artists know about how to adequately, properly um, prepare for an interview? Like how do they make the most of an interview? Because sometimes um, I also write about the entertainment industry and I'll have an artist send me back responses and it's one word answers. It's not proofread. It's grammatically erroneous. And I don't think they understand the gravity of what an interview means. So can you just walk us through how to adequately prepare, whether it's going to be on video or it's even going to go on print, but how do they prepare? Thanks a lot. So yeah, definitely. Um, You, you see, uh, when an artist goes for an interview, it's them selling themselves, it's them selling their product. And uh, if they are not well prepared, if they give like one word answers, they're going to make even the interviewer's life very difficult. So the interview is not going to be exciting, it's not going to be interesting, simply based on their responses. Um, but also at the same time, they have to be informed. I remember seeing one artist being asked about um, uh, a very important subject it was to do with HIV you know, and STDs and they they didn't understand some information that um, uh, would have expected like anybody else to know especially within their uh, work you know and and when they say ah, I'm, I'm also trying to encourage young people to uh, abstain and you know uh, be safe and then they get a follow-up question on very simple things and they were not able to articulate. So failing to articulate uh, things clearly during an interview also, um, it, it's a disservice on your own. And if you respond one way, two way answers, that's how boring people are going to see you as. At times some artists think it's cool to actually be like that. But if you check, a lot of these artists that we love so much, they've had to give very profound responses. And it's, it's, it's part of your art, it's part of your craft. If you listen to Benna Boy speak, if you listen to uh, some of these artists from South Africa and elsewhere, you, it's, it's a marvel to watch them. 
uh, somebody was actually saying, why is it that interviews that are happening, say, in South Africa, uh, be podcast in Chile and other platforms, they can be entertaining even if you don't know the artist that much, right? Yeah, whereas when you watch a lot of interviews from Zimbabwe, at times you don't feel like watching it again. You don't feel like spending a whole one hour and listening to the artist speak. And I'm like, it's because the artists understand that when they get a chance to be on radio or on TV, to them, it's also a stage. They are performing. So they'll perform. They'll give you a show in their responses. And the responses are not just to troll other people, but it's them selling themselves, telling their own story making finding very unique and juicy interesting uh responses that make people say oh wow this is cool i i on earground we have built on numbers through uh snippets so when somebody has said something within an hour we try to pick some of the outstanding things that have been said and this is how we drove or driven the narrative or the conversation on earground like to have people engage and talk it's what has been said, okay, we pick something, right? Not picking it out of context so that somebody says, hey, you just picked one part, but to say, okay, this is something that was interesting that has been said. But I've done interviews with artists where I struggle to even pick a word, even the or that, because they, 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 they have not said anything that could create interest to people, right? But I've also interviewed artists that, you know, within the conversation or the main airground platform, where I'm like, where exactly can I cut? There's so much interesting stuff that you've been said throughout that I feel like I want to continue speaking to them for the next two hours, you know? So I think my advice to artists in Zimbabwe is that, you know, research about the platform where you're going for an interview. If you're going on Trevor and conversations with Trevor, you know, it's going to be a profound conversation. It's going to ask you about books that you're reading and other things. You better be prepared. prepared. If you go on this radio DJ, watch their interviews before. Understand their uh, questioning structure. You will not go on Jabari show and uh, give one way answers there, right? You gotta, you have to be prepared. So they are, and then their platforms where you're going very relaxed, they'll ask you things, they'll let you talk. But also don't give too long responses unless if it's uh, a platform like Kura where they will let you speak like I'm doing now, right? But <laughs> don't give too, too, too long answers because people don't have 10 hours to listen. They want to hear you for 10 minutes and in those 10 minutes, they should say, where can we hear this artist once more? And that's where you create your value. Well, here on Kura, we allow you to speak as long as you want, as long as you have something interesting to say. Thanks a lot. <laughs> on, on, on that note, an interesting take that I want you to like um, take me through is... As a media practitioner, what are your thoughts on beefs? And this is particularly like with hip hop related content. Like, what are your thoughts on artists pushing themselves, but through a beef? Well, I mean, beef, um, it's, 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 it's been used. I mean, like for hip hop, it runs in the culture. It's something that has been used for years and people continue to use it, right? Um, and if, you do not uh, understand the beef culture. It can also be counter progressive. It can actually uh, create challenges for you, you know. So beefs, 
I would say it depends with the kind of artist that you are. If you're a hip hop artist and you want to really create content that uh, just gets people talking and, 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 and you're not some conscious hip hop artist or your art revolves around conversations that people create and you want to thrive on um, uh, going viral and other things, you have to be clever about it. So I, I have uh, uh, created conversations that I knew would create uh, a bit of uneasiness, you know, and, 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 and deliberately knowing, okay, look, if I start this conversation, it's going to get this attention. And when this attention happens, it's going to open ABC uh, doors, right? Uh, but obviously it's going to be unsettling and, and, and you have to be deliberate about it. So beef, if you remember, Winky D came onto the scene with, you know, beef with the Batman, you know, and, and Culture Kid and other things, other artists, right? And King Labash. And, 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 and he didn't stay in that beef mode forever. So artists cannot stay in a beef mode forever. If you're thinking you're going to be a beef artist, a battle artist, and then you're not going to sustain in the industry. I mean, Jay-Z, he got into the industry. There was beef, you know, uh, and, 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 and Snoop, the same, all of these hip-hop artists. But they realized when to get off uh, the beef, uh, the, 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 the Bryce tent, you know, otherwise, you continue roasting and when you get roasted for too long and then you're not going to be able to 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 to, to manage your career beyond that people just reduce you to just a beef artist so yeah beef works but it depends what sort of beef, beef can also vary and as beef works there's there are two sides of it there's someone who wins there's somebody who loses i mean for the beef this was kura Kess. Funded through the Scripts and Bars project by K-Media Africa. Supported by the British Council in partnership with the Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation, SDC.